This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 192, episode 192 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like uh, Drinks After Work, A Chance to Strive, Eat the Damn Cake, Music You're Missing, Rambling with a Purpose, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, 30 Flirty and Surviving, B-Fit, and a brand new one, a NASCAR podcast called The Wicked Fast Podcast. It's been around for a bit. You may or may not recognize a voice behind the show. Who knows? We'll, we'll see when you go like, subscribe, and listen to it. So thanks so much in advance. You can always check out Card Vault Breaks all the time on Whatnot, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. You can go to the Card Vault if you want to go in person down at Patriot Place or down at Foxwoods Resort Casino. Causeway Card Show will be on Saturday, November 26th at Big Night Live. Tickets are $10. And you can always check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday every single Tuesday on the Big Night Media Instagram page for your chance for free tickets at Big Night Live. And you can follow them at Big Night media and then you can always get your banner banter podcast merchandise at bignightshop.com click the big night media tab click banner banter get some new merchandise and i will have a cyber monday discount code on the way for the holidays just in case you have a diehard banner banter podcast listener in your life and shout out to my buddy phil uh, my height one of my not even high school friends one of my middle school friends from back in the day he got the new Banner Banter Podcast Rain Jacket. It's a must-have for everyone. So shout out to Phil for the support. Really appreciate that. Um, hey, let's talk about the Boston Celtics. I got all the big night stuff done with. Episode 192. Welcome aboard. Nice to have you. Last week the Celtics went two and one. Currently they're six and three on the season. Third place in the Eastern Conference. First place overall in the Atlantic Division. They lost to the Cavs, 114 to 113 in overtime. A great game overall. Listen, the Cleveland Cavaliers are really good. They're up two and zero. In the season series, and you know, that's important. They play twice again. I think it's like March third and March tenth, or March first and March tenth, something like that. But the Celtics are going to have to win that because that's huge, huge for them. Because the I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, the first is a head-to-head split. And then it's the conference, or do you get a split because of the division standings? I feel like the playoffs are so far away, I don't even want to talk about it. But the Celtics are going to have to split with the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs are very good. I mean, the Bucks still haven't lost, and the Cavs have only lost once. They're a very good team. Darius Garland's back from his uh, eye injury. And listen, I can watch someone get their head cut off, but the second I see someone put like... Uh, 
contact lenses in, I'm like, nope, I'm all set with it. I'm all set. But hey, if they can compete with them, both games went into overtime. It would be a hell of a seven game series. I'd stress, I would stress the fuck out watching it because Donovan Mitchell, he just looks like a different player leaving Utah. I don't know if it's because he's got a great point guard like Darius Garland. You know, he had a great point guard in Mike Conlon, but Mike Conley, but I think Darius Garland right now is better than Mike Conley and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley are better offensively than Rudy Gobert ever was. So, but anyways, let's talk about the Celtics here. Obviously that's a shitty loss, but Hey, they came back to TD garden, beat the bulls one, uh, one twenty three to one nineteen, and then beat the Knicks. They, they actually beat the living shit out of the Knicks at Madison square garden in New York, in New York city. You love to see it. One thirty three to one eighteen. This week, the Celtics have four games, including one back-to-back. Uh, if you're listening on Monday, they're actually playing tonight, 9 p.m. against the Memphis Grizzlies. If you're listening on Tuesday, guess what? The Celtics played last night. Uh, maybe you should have watched the game. Uh, then they play the Pistons twice this week. One time, Wednesday, 7.30, TD Garden, and then Saturday, 7 p.m. in Detroit. And then the former MVP comes to town, or should I say the reigning defending MVP comes to town, TD Garden, 7 p.m., Nuggets, and the Joker, Jamal Murray, all those guys back in town. The last couple times the Nuggets and the Celtics have played, they've they've been pretty good games, especially at TD Garden. The Joker loves playing at TD Garden. I don't know if he loves it, but he just always plays well here. So it should be a fun, interesting week for the Boston Celtics. But, of course, the big story coming out of this week for me is the fact that the Celtics broke a franchise record once again. Uh, the Celtics hit a franchise record 27 three-pointers on Saturday night at Madison Square Garden against the Knicks. First time ever, every single player who has played, who who played for a team in a, a single game hit a three-pointer. That's right. Every single Celtics player, I think it was all nine of them, played in the game, hit a three-pointer. Absolutely insane. Listen, the Celtics make the most three-pointers per game in the league so far while attempting the second most per game as well. They're shooting fourth best in the league overall, 39%. You love to see it. But then guess who's shooting number one and number two from three? That's right, the Denver Nuggets and the Memphis Grizzlies, who the Celtics are playing this week. You know, don't you just love sports, how all these stats just come together? So really the question is, why is this happening? Why are the Celtics one of the top three or four best three-point shooting teams in the league this year. Obviously, they took a lot last year. Really not the same numbers this year. It's a little bit different. Is it the ball movement? Is it the pace? Is it who's playing? Who knows? But right now, the Celtics are dishing out 25 assists per game, which is far more than last year when they ended the season. But at this point, last season, it's it's night and day. Their pace last year was 24th in the league. Now it's 21st. Again, not ideal, but it's still an improvement. But more assists, better pace. It can lead to open shots, which also lead to better shots. Right now, going, well, I don't want to say right now, going into Sunday night's games, the Dallas Mavericks and the Boston Celtics tied for the best offensive efficiency in the league. And that is important. That means the Celtics are playing the right way. And that's probably why they hit 27 three-pointers at Madison Square Garden on Saturday night. And what's cool about this game on Monday against the Memphis Grizzlies, every single team in the NBA is playing. There's literally going to be 15 games because they all have the game off, uh, the day off on Tuesday to make sure all the players can go out and vote. And just real quick, if you are voting, I don't care who you vote for. 
I'm not here to say you got to do this, you got to do that. Whatever you believe in, you believe in, but make sure you go out and vote. It is very, very important to do that, and that is all that I'll say about that. But back to the three-point shooting real quick. I think one of the bigger keys is the bench. It's, you know, Derek White's obviously shooting at a great percentage this year. Marcus, yeah, so-so. Al's pretty good. Obviously, Jalen and Jason are playing unbelievable basketball. But Sam Hauser, he was great. The new saying after he hit a three-pointer the other night, boom, motherfucker. That's literally what he said. Jason Tatum noticed it. Jason Tatum wanted him to have a little celebration. You know how Tatum does his little... His little kiss of death three uh, after he sell it, or hits a big three during the game. But Sam Hauser literally said, boom, motherfucker, after hitting five or six threes at Madison Square Garden on Saturday night. Sam Hauser has been great for this team. And number 12 has been shooting the ball very well as well. Number two and number three in three-point percentage in the league this year. Number two, Sam Hauser. Number three, number 12. Or is it the other way around? Oh, what did I see? Actually, yeah, Sam Hauser's second, and number 12 is number three. So the Celtics have two of the three best shooters so far this season in the NBA, and they're coming off the bench. I mean, if those guys are coming off the bench and hitting open shots, I mean, what more could you ask for? That's obviously what they were missing last season. That's what they were missing in the NBA Finals. They didn't have those guys that you could hit, trust, and hit a shot. But... If Sam Hauser can take open shots, he needs to have sets run after him. Now, let's say it's Brogdon, Tatum, number 12, Hauser, and let's say Luke Cornett on the floor. You need options for Sam Hauser to be able to catch and shoot the ball. Does he have to be the first option? No. Second option? Eh. But he has to be at least the second or third option because if Sam Hauser is not shooting the ball offensively he really doesn't bring you much he's a he's a very good shooter but he really doesn't bring you much defensively fine whatever but there were a couple times in the bulls game where him and number 12 were standing in the corner together the same corner you're basically doing the same thing out there you're just standing there waiting to hit an open shot they got to be able to move around more have him come off of screens i'm not saying he should be a vocal point of the offense but there should be options for him to shoot the ball because so far this season he's proved it he's made 17 out of 31 of his three-pointers this season that's great and speaking of the bench just real quick the bench came up big the other night on especially on saturday when al horford who didn't play in the second night of a back-to-back blake griffin started the game which to me wasn't a crazy surprise based on the matchup but he scored seven points i mean obviously you wish he could rebound more but it's what you're going to get from him if blake griffin plays once or twice a week it's like this week blake griffin's probably going to play twice and that's fine I'm not expecting a lot from Blake Griffin. I said that when when they signed him. But a game like that where he can play 15 or 16 minutes, start the game, be physical, cause some havoc on the floor, and then also hit some open shots when the ball is given to him, you love to see it. Noah Vonley, he hasn't gotten a lot of minutes as of late, but he came in on Saturday night, very professional, played well, rebounded well, was physical, just what you want him to be, and he was a plus 20 on the night. You love to see that too. And then Luke Cornett, 
who didn't play in the Cavs or the Knicks game, but played in the Bulls game, and I thought he was terrific in the Bulls game. His defense was solid. It obviously helped that Andre Drummond was hurt and didn't play, but he got deflections, got a block or two. Sure, he didn't have anything that really like popped out for you on the stat line, but he did the little things that your diehard Celtics fans or diehard basketball fans will notice. And is it these life-changing backup center things? No, but it's something that a backup center should do in the game. And the Celtics had a little bit of a size matchup here, obviously because Andre Drummond wasn't playing. And when Vujicic wasn't on the floor, the Bulls went small and Luke Cornett took advantage of that. So I expect Vaughn Lee to play probably more than Blake Griffin uh, against the Grizzlies because, you know, the Grizzlies do have a very physical front court, obviously starting with Steven Adams. But when the time comes, I think Luke Cornett has showed that he is ready and can play. I'm not saying he's great or terrific, but it's going to get the job done, hopefully, until Time Lord comes back. And speaking of the Time Lord, people are saying, you know, at first it was six to eight weeks, and then there were reports out saying eight to 12 weeks, and it now seems like it's going to be eight weeks, and we could see Rob around Thanksgiving, maybe after Thanksgiving. And again, I don't want to rush it at all. Nice and slow like an Usher song. Seven o'clock on the dot, Rob Williams in the drop top, cruising the street. That's that's all we need. We need the Time Lord to be back and healthy. I want him to come off the bench to start all of it. But if this three-point shooting can continue and the Celtics can ramp up their defense a little bit, there's going to be a very hard team to beat this season. But the thing is, with this Celtics team that we've seen before in the past, and hopefully it can change, if the three-point shots aren't falling, attack the rim. Right now, the three-point shots are falling. So right now, instead of living and dying by the three, they are living. And on Saturday night at Madison Square Garden, they lived large. Great win on Friday and Saturday. Second, Especially in the second night of a back-to-back, to hit that many threes is just absolutely bonkers. But you know what time it is. It is time for stud and dud of the week Hit the music. And now, it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Okay, it's that time, stud and dud of the week for episode 192 of the Banner Banter podcast, the stud of the week, Malcolm Brogdon. Listen, I am all about Malcolm Brogdon. I am here. I don't know if there's already a, um, a fan wagon like ready to go for him, but if there's not, hop on a board. I'm driving. I love Malcolm Brogdon. Sure, he has a funky looking jump shot, but he, for whatever reason, just seems to make everything better. You know, it's just like getting a hug. It's like, ah, it just it just makes everything better. Or maybe a nice cold Captain and Ginger. Or maybe even better, it Malcolm Brogdon reminds me of a nice cold bottle of overachieving H2O, aka Ascentia. Why don't we just take a sip of Ascentia right now? If you have it, cheers to you. Mmm, delicious. Anyways, Malcolm Brogdon, I thought he was unbelievable in that Bulls game. He shot 90 percent from the field 25 points four assists oh i'm just a big fan he just knows how to play the game knows when to attack knows when to drive and kick sure sometimes he forces it at times and i think he did that a lot in the Cavs game he he was trying to be that guy in the third quarter it didn't really work out but eventually he was part of that run that they had at the start of the fourth quarter but 
Him being on the floor late in that Bulls game, even though they lost the lead a little bit, he was a big part of why they held on to the lead. He got more minutes than Marcus Smart late in that game. Same with Derek White. And I think it will be interesting to see how that goes moving forward. Hopefully Marcus can handle it professionally. Obviously Marcus was also in a little bit of foul trouble there as well, so it's understandable. I think Marcus had five fouls halfway through that uh, fourth quarter. But 53 points, 12 assists while helping the starters play better, especially Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, is A-OK with me. I do think Brogdon plays better with Tatum than he does Brown, but I also think that Smart and Brown play better together too. So listen, um, it doesn't matter who starts. It, I think it does matter who finishes, and they had to finish that game on, um, whatchamacallit, on Friday night against the Bulls, and Malcolm Brogdon did a great job because, you know, when you talk about your, your, your dud of the week, it could be Marcus Smart for that stupid fucking shot he took at the end of the game when he thought Donovan Mitchell fouled him and it just wasn't that and it was just a bad shot and you get very angry at Marcus Smart and you're like, what the fuck are you doing, man? You actually played a really good game. You had some good defensive possessions. The, I mean, Marcus Smart was the reason why the Celtics got back into that game, especially on the defensive end, but then he just takes that stupid fucking shot. But the dud of the week overall because I thought Marcus played fine this week outside of that stupid fucking shot. The dud of the week is having big leads. I don't get it. I don't want to get it. I just don't get it. I don't know. I I don't know. The Celtics, when they're down big, will fight. They'll fight. They'll crawl. It will be a bloodbath. But the Celtics, when they get up big, they just crawl into a hole. And it happened in the Cavs game. It happened in the Bulls game. And I just don't get it. I mean, the shots were good in the Bulls game. They, sh- they just weren't falling. The shots weren't that great in the Cavs game. You know, the Cavs defense definitely turned up a notch. And sure, you can say Joe Missoula should have used his timeouts a little bit earlier. He might have that Brad Stevens syndrome. But guess what? Ime Adoka had that too. And speaking of Ime Adoka, I'm going to say one, two quick things about it. Because... I don't want to talk about it. I'm focused on Joe Missoula. The organization should be focused on Joe Missoula. The players should be focused on Joe Missoula. I understand why they want to have some answers, and that's fair, but I'm focused on Joe Missoula. Like, I just really don't want to talk about this. But if you're not happy about the email thing, fine. I don't care if you are or you aren't. But the Celtics are doing what is best for the organization. And if you can't respect that, you should look yourself in the mirror. Sure, it's about winning a championship, and winning a championship is very important, but having a bunch of disgruntled employees doesn't make the championship any better. Having the employees walk into the office or the team facility every day and feeling uncomfortable makes everyone else uncomfortable and it doesn't make a great place to work. And so if you're not happy about it, I get it. But it to me, this isn't about an email thing. It's about the organization. And the organization thinks it's best if everyone moves on. And if that's what it is, you got to respect it. Because someone who didn't respect it is Jalen Rose. And by the way, fuck Jalen Rose. Fuck Jalen Rose. This dude literally asked on national television on a basketball pregame show why we don't know the name of the female employee 
grow up. You're on a basketball show. This is not fucking TMZ. It was so embarrassing. And then his apology. It wasn't even sincere, if you ask me. It was like ESPN forced him to do it, and it made him uncomfortable. This Ime thing sucks. Don't get me wrong. But if you want to know the name of the person and bring down that individual and their family, fuck you. And that's exactly what Jalen Rose tried to do. But anyways, your stud of the week, Malcolm Brogdon, your dud of the week, is big leads. Because I don't like them. Because it stresses me out when it shouldn't. So fuck you, big leads. And God damn it, Celtics, get your shit together when you have a big lead. Thank you. Anyways, let's uh, preview the upcoming games this week. Three things uh, come to mind, really, uh, with the teams that they're playing. I mean, right now, if you think the Celtics' defense is bad, fair. It is. Um, But listen to this. The Grizzlies, 25th worst defense in the NBA. The Detroit Pistons dead last and the Denver Nuggets 24th now do the Celtics have better defense than them I think the Celtics overall are 20th or 21st in defensive rating but if they can keep up good ball movement which will lead to open shots and they can make those open shots against the 25th 24th and 30th ranked defensive teams this should be a very good week for the Boston Celtics but then all of a sudden you're like well last year the Pistons gave us hell For whatever reasons, the Celtics just couldn't beat the Pistons. It was so frustrating. And I I just can't stop thinking about it. I mean, the Pistons are a good team. They aren't showing it right now. I mean, I thought they were going to make the playoffs because I really enjoy their young talent with Cade Cunningham and Ivy and Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart. And now they got Bogdanovich from, you know, the Jazz. You know, I thought they were going to be a good team. Marvin Bagley, uh, the third, obviously, is hurt right now. But the team just hasn't found it yet. But... This is a game where if the Celtics play some defense, the Pistons have the first, the, I can't even talk. The Pistons have the fifth worst offense and the worst defense in the league. So if you're going to buckle down on defense, do it on Wednesday and do it on Saturday, especially without Al, because Al most likely won't play a back-to-back. But for the love of God, do not let Sadiq Bey play well and break my heart. I mean, the fact, listen, I'm very happy we don't have Malcolm Brogdon, but if Sadiq Bey was on this team, I'm telling you, man, this team would be in a better position. That's all I'm saying. And then the Grizzlies game. I mean, it's super easy. Control jaw. Watch out for Dylan Brooks. He can get hot. I think he dropped 20 points the other night. Um, same goes for Desmond Bain, one of the better three-point shooters in the league. He can defend very well. But they're on the second night of a back-to-back. They played the Washington Wizards um, tonight. Or, sorry, yesterday. I'm recording on Sunday. They played the Washington Wizards. They beat them. It was obviously at home, but a second night of a back-to-back. Tyus Jones has been great for them off the bench as a point guard, but guess who we have? Malcolm Brogdon. That's even better. And then, obviously, a big shout-out to my guy, Brandon Clark. It'll be interesting to see how number 12 and Brandon Clark go head-to-head. And then, obviously, the Nuggets game. Jamal Murray's back with them. The Joker will do Joker things. He will rebound. He will pass. He will shoot the three. He will score. He will get to the free throw line. He'll block shots. He'll steal the ball. He'll do it all. But don't let someone like Aaron Gordon or KCP beat you. That will be annoying. But this is going to be another game where if the defense doesn't show up, that's okay because I'm confident that the Celtics have more firepower than the Nuggets do. But again, the Celtics are due. I mean, they just hit 27 threes in one game. One of these games are only going to hit like 10, but they're going to take 40, and then we're all going to be pissed. But it is what it is. So 
That's it for episode 192 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Episode 193 will be out next Monday. As always, please do not forget to vote on Tuesday, November 8th. Don't forget to buy your Banner Banter, uh, Banner Banter Podcast merchandise. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, leave a rating, a comment about the Banner Banter Podcast and all your favorite uh, podcast apps. Thanks so much for the support as always, and we will talk very, very soon. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.